Today's episode of Setting the Edge is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash setting edge. That's audibletrial.com slash setting edge. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Once again, that's audibletrial.com slash setting edge. I'm popping bottles tonight. Come do for a fight if you're ready. I'm popping bottles, baby. I'm popping bottles, baby. I'm popping bottles tonight. Yeah. Welcome yeah. to episode 47 of the Send the Edge podcast. I'm Justin Mosqueda. You can find me on Twitter at J U M O S Q. Got to go real slow because our friend Nick Page said I was going too fast. He couldn't understand me last week. I'm here with my co host, Charles McDonald. You can find him on Twitter at 4Verts. Um, he, he's feeling great. Right, just talk about it. We might as well get it out of the way. Oh, I feel fantastic because the uh, t- to use the words of Bomani Jones, the-, the Falcons gave Aaron Rodgers that beat him down, and uh, it felt good to see the Falcons kind of beat the shit out of the Packers after all that shit you were saying about how the Falcons were going to suck this year. Yeah, uh, Keanu Neal got several seven-yard tackles, uh, but more importantly, like Rodgers just got beat down. Like I, I asked if anyone has ever held out like during the season like started a holdout in like week three before um aaron Rodgers absolutely should like he should just go up to like ted thompson's office to fully guarantee i'm not playing until it happens dude that that team sucks they they have no depth on defense whatsoever like i, I get like your fourth and fifth string offensive tackles they're gonna suck but they get they got nothing behind their stars on defense yeah well like fucking Mike Daniels is like their one. It's like Mike Daniels and Nick Perry are the only good defensive front players. Like your right tackle somehow made uh, Clay Clay Matthews look decent for like two plays. But other than that, I mean, you can go back to the first drive and the first drive. Atlanta's coming out in twenty-one personnel. I think I think it was twenty-one, and Green Bay's playing dime one yard off the end zone. Like that's <laughs> just what the Packers like you, uh, against Seattle in Week One. Uh, Green Bay played with uh, Morgan Burnett their safety standing like lining up as like a nose ta- like a standing nose tackle over uh Seattle center I, more than 50% of the time when it was like first first down second down and 10 or more uh on Seattle's like 40 yard line or closer so basically like any time that like Seattle was starting off with a ball like they were just basically half the time they were playing Morgan Burnett at like nose tackle um extra offensive linemen would come in for Seattle and they would just stay in that 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 weird dime that like third safety dime which people are like no 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 you don't understand like he's replacing linebacker I'm like no 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 you don't understand he's still a fucking safety like he's not he's not a he's physically not a linebacker um and then you can go back and watch uh, them against Dallas where Dallas would come out with one receiver looks and they'd be like yeah we're going to play him in nickel still even though they have an extra offensive lineman on the field like we could totally hold up against Dallas like the irrational confidence that Don Capers has in this defensive front is amazing. Yeah, my favorite part was uh, of that game was that play where Matt Ryan beat Kyle Fackrell to the edge. Like, dude, what is dude. happening here? <laughs> <laughs> Kyler, I've been telling people this for a fucking two years that Kyle Fackrell looks like he's running on stilts. Like that's how he moves, and people are still caping up for Kyle. They're like, it's too, it's too soon. Like we can't make any judgment. Kyle Fackrell is like second contract date right now i want to say yeah he's gotta be almost like 27 right because he went i'm pretty sure he was a mission kid a registered kid and he got hurt at some point so he's turning 26 this year 
there were kids who were easy. I mean, Kenny Clark has got to be 21 still. Yeah, I, I think Julio Jones just turned like 28. So. <laughs> yeah, so he's he's a full four years older than someone who was drafted in his draft class on he's the same team. He's older than Randall Cobb, so. Fuck, are you kidding? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. It's not a good situation. Um, Green Bay's cornerbacks were like, one, we're not gonna we're not gonna reroute Julio at all, and we're also not gonna cover him downfield. A very very interesting strategy, I guess. Kevin King did decent on him on yeah, the second yeah, half of the he game. Did, he did. Like the second half of the game, but he got like fifty. He got like ninety five yards in like the first quarter. Like that's that's gonna be a bad situation no matter what. Yeah, I mean, I, I was really pleased with the Falcons' game plan in that uh, Sarkeesian came out. Guns blazing instead of you know kind of dinking and dunking uh, like he did last week. So to kind of see him come out and take advantage of a banged up defense w- was pretty nice. Like with all the motion you saw and uh, you know deep shots down the middle, that that looked more like the Falcons' offense from last year, not whatever they did last week. So let's let's hope that this continues throughout the season because Matt Ryan's playing really really well right now, and uh, they they just have so much per- they have so much talent on the offense like they're still going to be a top five offense at the end of the day. Yeah. And I, I called, uh, I called their offense of the problematic on our group chat uh, in the first, first quarter, first yeah. drive or two, because I, I didn't think, I mean, they were not going deep at all. And then uh, they just unleashed the dragon and realized that they had Julio Jones and that the Packers had no chance of stopping them at all. Um, Green Bay's whole gimmick of, of playing a, you know, safeties at inside linebackers and, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's gonna stack up well when you have two real defensive. Line- Can you name a defensive lineman who was healthy for the Packers other than Dean Lowry, who you knew because he was a draft prospect coming out, and Kenny Clark? Didn't he get hurt? Today? Yeah, he 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 also got hurt. Uh, so did Randall Cobb. Uh, so did Jordy Nelson. Uh, Martellus Bennett hurt hurt me personally. Um, I'll I'll say that they're yeah, out both of their. Ta- Good God. God damn it, man! He's he's horrible. Um, Tom Brady stole all his magic or something. I don't know what he's doing. He just he, they stole all the magic from their tight ends this past year. Because uh, Gronkowski, I guess Gronkowski had a b- bounce back game. Only one of them could be good at a time. Um, yeah, a lot a lot of guys got hurt, but like, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, guys are gonna come back, but getting beat beat down like that, at least on the defensive side by Atlanta, three straight times. Because they've played each other three times in the past year, uh, calendar year. And Green Bay's given up massive amounts of yards and points all three times. So it's not like nothing's really changed in that aspect. And that should be really fucking concerning when you guys might see them in the playoffs. Yeah. like So going back to the first game, I think it was like week six or week seven last year uh, in the Georgia Dome. The Falcons have put up 33, 44, and 34 in three games against the Packers. So that's, and that stuff matters. That yeah. stuff matters cuz if you look at like individual stuff where it's like one team blows out another team then the next time they play, it's usually a lot closer if not flipped. And like we've looked at we've talked about this with uh Joe Goodberry who talks about the Cincinnati Bengals and how the uncommon and common opponents for like Andy Dalton's team uh, or Andy Dalton's passing offense are totally different. Like having that familiarity with uh with teams is huge and the fact that the Packers are 0 for 3 on the defensive side against Atlanta's offense is really really not good yep and and that 0 for 3 that's what the coordinators switch to like that's 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 not (laughs) that that, that 0 for 3 is literally that's Julio that's (laughs) Packers versus Julio 0 for 3 yeah Um, not gonna be 
Three rounds left. Uh, what do we want to do? How, how, which funerals do we want to start? Oh, funerals. Let's uh, let's talk about the Saints real quick. Stay in division. Their season is officially over, and they have a defense that is just – I don't even know what to say like about how bad that defense was. Yeah, uh, New England was four, four and a half when we picked them up. You can find them as low as four. Uh, it went to seven, and then this morning dropped to five and a half. And the people who bet on New Orleans late must feel sick because that that Patriots team just blew them the hell out. Um, I saw, I think it was Mike Renner, our good friend Mike Renner, tweeted out that like the Saints gave up like 400 yards in passing or something like that, and that like 20 of them were from Marshawn Lattimore. So literally everyone in that secondary other than Marshawn Lattimore, their first-round pick is horrible apparently. Uh, I think earlier this week the Saints – there was some source, and it was like the Saints are trying, trying to trade away Kenny Vaccaro because they have too many safeties. Uh, you don't have, you don't, don't worry about having too much talent on the back end. Yeah. Like that, that's not something that you should be concerned about at all. Um, basically, their their year is over. I mean, if they're going, if the Saints go five hundred from here on out, they'll go seven and nine, right? Which is what they've gone the last three years. Um, Drew Brees is in a weird cap situation where basically he holds all the leverage and new Orleans is either going to give him a massive amount of money that is fully guaranteed, or he's going to go and leave and play for a contender. Um, and if the saints give him all that money, then it, <laughs> there's, there's really no way that they could put a contending team around him. And if they let him walk, then they're going to be in a cap situation like the pre Reggie McKenzie Raiders. So they're kind of in a, they, they've shot themselves in the foot. Like, they needed to go 2-0. and Like, this needed to be their year. And their year is over in, I think it was a five-day five span or something? Six-day span? Yep. And I saw this stat today uh, tweeted out by Jim Sands of, uh, from Number Fire. He <laughs> tweeted about the Saints defense. So, against the Saints defense, quarterbacks are throws that have gone at least 16 yards in the air downfield. Quarterbacks are 15 of 16 for 413 yards, four touchdowns, zero picks against the Saints so far. We're two weeks in. Um, that's who, who do the Saints have next? 15 let's, of 16 let's... for 413 yards, four touchdowns, zero picks. Ooh, um, ooh, this is this is a uh, this is a Cam Newton get right game next week in Carolina. Oh, absolutely. I mean, because not... the Panthers have been looking good without Cam, really, like. Cam. Yeah, that the their defense is balling right now. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they've also played the Buffalo and the 49ers, but still. Well, Buffalo, Buffalo can put up points though. You got to remember, like Buffalo. I think Buffalo was in the top quarter of the league in terms of how many games that they won by multiple scores last year. And like Lashawn McCoy, like that running game is by far the best running game over the last two years in the NFL. Um, Tyrod, Tyrod. I guess we're talking about Bills. We're talking about uh, Bills Panthers now. Uh, Tyrod was fucking horrible against the Panthers. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't see much of that game. That was one game that I didn't. Again, I didn't get to see much of today. But just looking at the stats, they their offense got shut down. I think Shady had like twelve carries for nine yards. Uh, Tyrod yeah, had a blown rough... up in the backfield. Not a good spot. Yeah, Tyrod had another rough game. Just you know, that offense doesn't work when you don't have anyone that can go down the field and get the ball like Sammy Watkins could. So like you, you see how congested and constipated it is. And, Man, I, I, I don't, I just don't like what they did on, on that side of the ball, or really, yeah. with, with that, what they did this entire offseason. Well, like they, like their game-winning attempt was like to Zay Jones, and like it was a little off by Tyrod and Zay. You could call it either way. It could have been a quarterback issue or receiver issue. There was certainly they both could have done better. Um, 
But the weird thing about Carolina is they just weren't able to punch it in. Like, if you watch red zone, like, Carolina was in the red zone. The problem was they were just, like, kicking field goals the entire time. Like, I don't – they were in a very weird spot where it looked like they were in control of the game the entire time up until the end. They just weren't able to put up touchdowns that would, you know, separate them and give them that buffer. Uh, Greg Olson's out with a broken foot, he said. Um, I guess that's a that's, that's a bad – yeah, that's that's a very bad thing when they really don't have that many receivers. Yeah, that, that's huge, and especially with Christian McCaffrey – Struggling to get going on the ground, at least, because uh, he, he's been pretty good through the air so far. But uh, with Christian McCaffrey starting to get off the ground, like you're probably going to see a lot more targets with him with Olsen out. But I, I don't know who steps up in his in his place because they don't really have anybody where you can say like like it, Ed Dixon. Ed Dixon, I guess <laughs> maybe Curtis. Is he Daniel. still there? Like you could you could either tell me Ed Dixon retired two years ago or like yeah he's about to start next week and he's I still believe there. He... I, I think. I don't want to say they gave him a contract extension recently, but he's still he's still there. He caught two passes today for twenty six yards. There we go. He's alive, alive and well, both alive and well. Uh, Jerry Hughes looked awesome. He he made Matt Khalil look like Matt Khalil. Yeah, there was a spin. There was a play. I think Cam got hurt on this play. Uh, where yeah, Jerry, he rolled up on him. Yeah, Jerry Hughes had a he he spun inside on Matt Khalil. And then he had he cut like the sharpest corner around McLeal as he was spinning because Cam was running out the pocket to the left, and he cut the sharpest corner right off of the spin to get Cam down. And uh, I don't remember if it was a sack or just an incomplete pass. It was a sack, but dude, I think it was a sack. You just don't see it, guys. Yeah. you just don't see guys like guys move like that all the time. The the Colts gave him away. They gave him away for an off the ball linebacker who they played like for one year, I think. Like that—that's crazy. Like that's one of the best moves. Like we talk about the C- Cliff Averill and Michael Bennett signings, right? For Seattle, as like some of the best moves in terms of like adding pass rushers that like the NFL has seen in the past decade. Like Jerry Hughes getting traded from from Indianapolis is one of those moves for Buffalo. Um, what what game do you want to touch after this? I mean, we can go anywhere. Right, should we get Houston out of the way? Uh, AJ Green seems very disheartened. Uh, Deshaun Watson got the longest run in the history of the Houston Texans. Um, Houston, Houston uh, covered and won against them. Uh, this was your stay away. I had them. I had them with a teaser that didn't come through because of the damn Jets. But uh, I, I, that that common uncommon opponents thing for Andy Dalton. I feel like that's probably one of the biggest trends like in the sport. He sucks. I don't know. I, He's horrible. I, I feel like we can say that that like every year. I think you really start to see how talented or. Uh, untalented Andy Dalton is since like 2015 when he had that seat that uh big season where people saying he should be the MVP so he loses Hugh Jackson uh after that season then there was aggression last year but I think I, I think they were still a functional offense and then this year you know they let Zeitler and Whitworth walk for some ungodly reason they can't block anybody they can't run the ball and now you see really just how limited he is because you know, he, he's never going to be a guy that makes plays with his legs. Like even, even though Deshaun Watson didn't have a great passing performance, you, you still got to put him in there over Tom Savage because he gives you a chance to at, at least keep plays alive and maybe get a first down with the legs. But Dalton doesn't really provide that. He's kind of a statue skittish and you know, they're, they're just, they're wasting AJ Green's prime and it's just disgusting to see. Yeah. And this was a thing that we talked with, I mean, talked is a loose term. There wasn't much conversation going back and forth, or at least nice conversation going back and forth. But we talked with uh, Bengals fans this offseason, and we were talking about their projection. They're like, well, how many weeks is it going to take to get this offensive line right? And I'm like, offense? Like, weeks? 
Like it's gonna take two years to like figure out four different offensive line spots. Like unless Drew Brees walks through that door, I don't understand how this offense is gonna get functionally running. And that's a huge issue when like, I mean AJ Green. If you want to get AJ Green the ball, you can get him the ball. But like Joe Mixon got tackled in the backfield plenty at Oklahoma. Like he's not necessarily a guy who can like. I think we talked with Emory Hunt about this. Where like he's not. He's kind of a finesse back even though he's like a bigger back yeah like his work is past the line of scrimmage not in the backfield where he's grinding out yards to get to the line and then like john ross like john ross is a deep ball guy right like what yeah. what like you can't throw that deep ball if you don't have protection like the, the the basis of it comes from that so either you gotta start like just abusing tyler eifert until he gets hurt again so or like, like uh, play. yeah so or like i don't know how like okay so to get to Six and ten, the Bengals have to go six and eight now. Do you think the Bengals are going to win three out of every seven games from here on out? No, I, I don't. And just looking <laughs> at the schedule, I mean, I, 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 no game, no game is winnable for them just because of, of what they've shown us the past two weeks. But at Packers, at Browns versus Bills, at Steelers versus Colts, and maybe Andrew Luck is back by then for the Colts at Jaguars at Titans at Broncos versus Browns versus Steelers versus Bears at Vikings versus Lions at Ravens. So, I mean, there's how surprised would you be if the Bengals were picking like number two come April? Dude, I told I think what what did we have him? I think when we did the preseason wins loss thing, right? And we did the projection. I think I had him between six and ten, and that made people freak out. Because you got to remember, the Bengals coming into this year had a had a uh, win projection of over five hundred in Vegas. So like <laughs> you're probably you already basically cashed that money in if you had made that bet in Vegas already. And I think I had them two and a half under that. So I think I had them at like six wins, and that was the lowest that I was on a single team, like in terms of versus Vegas. Um, and I got so much crap for that. And people were like, "How do you think?" that this Bengals team can get worse I'm like they do they have the worst offensive line in football I don't understand how people don't understand this um but if we're talking about the AFC North like the AFC North you could already rule off two of those teams between them and Cleveland oh yeah like neither of those teams are going to be playoff teams and they're the though it's the only division of football where you have two teams that are completely ruled out already of basically playoff contention like it's Baltimore Pittsburgh figure it out between yourselves yeah, so let's let's talk about that Baltimore uh, Browns game today. The Ravens won twenty four to ten. Their defense had another fantastic performance. They had four interceptions, uh, a turnover on a fumble, so five turnovers on the day. How many, how, how many touchdowns did Deshaun Kaiser have? Did he have none? He had zero touchdowns, three picks. Finish, All right, so finish with a QBR uh, of three point seven. <laughs> Good God, I think uh, Deshaun Kaiser was like banging on. Uh, the door, the, like the door to score a touchdown, three times I want to say they were in the red zone three times and yeah, he came away every, with zero. I was watching red zone and, and like I kept seeing them in the red zone, but every time it was like something something dumb happened. Like I know Kaiser had a, a bad pick at the end of the game, uh, but I didn't see what happened on the other red zone attempts. Uh, I can't remember, but I wanted to I wanted to give this stat out again and update it because we talked about this in our preview when I was telling you not to take the Browns in this game. Um. So, uh, John Harbaugh against rookie quarterbacks, his defenses, how many touchdowns do you think they've allowed? Ooh. Or, okay, here, here's how we'll do it. I'll give you how many touchdowns they allowed, and then you have to guess how many interceptions, okay? Okay. So Wait, against how, rookie how, many, quarter- how, many, how many games? How many games? I, I can't remember. But I'll give you the touchdowns. You can figure out the touchdown-interception ratio. That's why I'm trying to make this right. easier on you. 
All right, so I'll give you uh, John Harbaugh. Rookies have thrown three touchdowns against John Harbaugh, against the John Harbaugh Baltimore Ravens. How many interceptions do you think they've recorded? Mm, 11. 15. Jesus. So for every one touchdown that a rookie quarterback has against John Harbaugh, they throw five interceptions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's not a good spot. Uh, I'm trying to look at the re- I'm trying to look at the schedule and see if we can figure out how to make yeah, money off knowing that at, at the same Houston. We got Houston Monday night uh, down the line in like week 16, oh, and then we got the ba- awful game. We got the Bears in like four weeks. So if we could bet against Trubisky, those are probably the only two chances that we have to bet. On a rookie quarterback going against John Harbaugh, but yeah, th- those are the two that we have until then. Just keep that mentally noted. Yeah, but you, it, it's such a bad look for the Ravens' offense for them to get five turnovers, and you can only put up twenty-four points on a Browns defense that didn't have Miles Garrett and saw Jamie Collins leave to a concussion. Like that—that's still a really bad unit, man. And dude, I, I, just don't, I, I, don't I don't think know. I've seen them on red zone. I don't think I've seen them. They—they're one of two teams who have won by more than a touchdown. In both weeks, and I don't think I've seen them on red zone at all. I, I I don't know what to do with the Ravens because like their defense is good enough to win them games, obviously, and they're that's probably going to happen for the next at least next week when they play the Jaguars. But I I, I don't know how far this offense can take them, and w- once they get into the playoffs, I I, I think they're just kind of one of these one and done teams. If they get to the yeah, playoffs. I mean that that's kind of how I felt. I mean, obviously. The Chargers don't look like good bet at this point. Like I'll, I'll openly come out and say that when everyone else is like two and zero, and you're zero and two, probably probably not good chances that you make it in the playoffs. Um, but other than that, like I struggled to find who the wild card teams were going to be in the AFC, and I guess it's just going to be the West. Like you could just plug in the West Saints, the Chargers right now, um, with with Baltimore or with uh, Pittsburgh and New England, and uh, I guess Tennessee. Um, with Baltimore fighting in with those those uh, West teams, but I, I had Baltimore as like that that fifth sixth seed, but then just like immediately getting bounced against, you know, Pittsburgh or New England, whoever they had to face. Like I, I still think that it's a two, it's a two team conference. Although there are some teams in the West that are making me double think. Yep, uh, th- it's going to be weird to see like what happens with them, the Ravens, Miami. Uh, if Houston can just dink around with the AFC no. South. I, no. no, 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 no. I think Houston's terrible. Oh, in the South? In, in the AFC the South, South? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe if, they're, if they're just like kind of messing around, but I, I, I cannot wait to see how this AFC wildcard picture, you know, comes to view and then ultimately doesn't matter because they're not the, the Steelers or the Patriots. Yep. I mean, that, that, <laughs> that, I feel very strongly about that. Uh, Marshall Yonda is also hurt in the uh, Baltimore game. Out for the game. And then Kaiser got pulled. In like the you know when you're playing Madden and like the unrealistic injuries happen where it's like yeah he got a concussion he'll be out for three quarters and then he'll come back in the fourth we like shit that like just never happens in real life uh, that happened in real life like they were like yeah like Deshaun Kaiser has like massive migraines right now and then he came back in the fourth quarter to shoot shoot uh shoot the Browns in the foot and let the uh the uh, Ravens cover yeah I was kind of surprised he came back in. Because migraines can be why can be like why like why is he, why is he, is he playing for right now like I I don't I think he, I, I think he wants to win like you know you're if you're a competitive person losing all the time it has to just suck you know so like yeah. in, in the heat of the moment I can see how you'd be like come on come on let's see if we can get something. push him 
Push him. Give him something. Just take him to the locker room. Bring him back. I don't care how you do it. Just do it. Um, all right. Let's talk about a disgusting game, the uh, Colts-Arizona. Because that one went both ways. Dude, Jacoby Brissett did not look bad, though. He had, he has no. some He has some drops, uh, but... Like overall, it was it was much much better than Scott Tolzien was last week. I I think I think that's super clear, especially when you look at the Rams going against the Redskins, and you're like, wait, this isn't actually a super team. Right. Um, yeah. So Palmer is basically dead. I mean, th- this bet, uh, this was my stayaway of the week, and I feel good about staying the hell away from this. We've had two stayaways. It has been the the Chicago weirdness at the end against Atlanta, and then this game where it was like it could have been either way. Like Arizona could have. Could have easily lost this. Could have easily won it. Indianapolis. It could have been the same thing on blowouts on both ends. Like they were both hot and cold at different points in the game. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, Arizona's up there now. Indianapolis is 0-2, so their season is basically over. There's no reason to bring Andrew Luck back. I don't think that this team is. You know, even with Jacoby Brissett in now, you have a week of film on him, right? I don't think he's going to be some sort of revelation, right? right. I mean, do you, do you feel that way? I mean, yeah. I, I think if I think if you if you if you go two and four with Jacoby Brissett, you're in a pretty good spot. But if you're oh, if you're two and four with Jacoby Brissett, why why would you even bring Andrew Luck back for a two and five record? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's so point. season's over. Um, just improve everywhere. Their run defense, low key, is actually probably pretty good in terms of the stats. Uh, and then Arizona, I just don't. I just don't trust that team. Like they're one on one, but they're in like a really like <laughs> that. Suck. That one was because someone had to lose the game. The Colts suck. I mean, the Colts. The Colts still suck. So. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I mean, to see the the Cardinals come and just piddle around with that team was just. Come on, man! Like this team is supposed to be better. I, I, on paper, they're I, on paper they piddle were... piddle around. They were losing. Yeah, the Cardinals I... were losing for a good portion of this. Yeah, <laughs> piddle around. It's not like they were like uh, you should have smited them early on. It's like, no, man. Like they they were struggling. Yeah, uh, Carson Palmer just does not have it. That interception he lofted up that Malik Hooker got was just that. It felt like it was in the air for days. Mike Glennon is going to be a great Cardinal. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Uh, enough about that. I mean, I, I don't want to talk about the Cardinals anymore. But uh, let's right. stay out west and let's hit on the Chargers. Chargering very hard today. All right. Let, <laughs> let, let me set the scenario. Let me set the scenario. Felipe Rivera has the ball with one minute left. Okay. He's down a score and he needs to go right now to make up for the last time that he did this on, which was. What Monday night? So less than a week ago. Yeah, six days. They did the same exact thing. Field goal miss. It's field goal miss. Uh, the Korean guy who people love because I mean, Young Ho. Yeah, why, why not? He's got he's got a cool name. He's in like L.A., which is like one of the most diverse cities in the United States. And it's just like a cool story for like a kicker for like people that we usually do not end up liking, right? Like no one really loves the kickers, and uh, he he's just had a bad bad week. Really, really bad week. And the Chargers are basically out of the playoffs now. I mean, can you even envision a – like, there, there's no way that they can really even, like, get into the wild card race, I would say, now. No, Cause not, even not with how the everyone, Chiefs or the Broncos are looking. And the Raiders, too. Shit. They're, right. They're, they're easily all all three of them are t- – they're all 2-0. <laughs> and oh. Like, they, they have to make up – the, the Oakland Raiders and Kansas City Chiefs and Denver Broncos are four games ahead of the Chargers right now. Like, even to get to, like, the wild card – hurdle is as is as high as the conference hurdle right now so i i don't really understand how you end up fixing that thing the weird thing to me was 
people were tweeting out that were at the game. Uh, I think uh, even Philip Rivers was talking about post game. He was talking about how it's the loudest stadium that he had ever played, like loudest home stadium that he had ever been in. But it was because people were cheering when the Miami Dolphins were coming out. Like, <laughs> dude, it's a twenty thousand seat stadium. They, they didn't they sell just, it out either. <laughs> Melvin Gordon's. Oh my fucking god! Melvin Gordon said it was half half Dolphins fans. So you couldn't find. All right, so let's call it. They couldn't. They couldn't find ten thousand Chargers fans. Ten thousand. Like I thought. I thought the small stadium thing was gonna be a cool thing. Like I thought it was gonna be. Like you're up like, close to the. Yeah, you're up close. It's like more intimate. It's like the better LA team. Obviously, it's not now, but that's what my my thoughts were coming into this year. It's like Philip Rivers, obviously the better quarterback. It's kind of exciting. They have a good defense. I mean, they got twin pass rushers. Joey Bosa is cool. Young running back. They got all sorts of all sorts of numbers. If nothing, if not talent, all sorts of numbers at receiver. I don't know, man. That that's like this is the most disheartening team for me this year because I was all in. And they're, they're still the Chargers. I'm out. Yeah, Sully so, so like like took screen caps of like every single Chargers tweet that I've ever tweeted out like this this off season. Put it all together. If you want to go follow him at Sully Football, you could scroll through his media his media tab and find all that. It's, it's very sad. Yeah. Uh, all right. I just wanted to bust your balls about the Chargers a little bit, but let's talk about uh, another bit that we hit. We hit the Chiefs beating Philly uh, on the road. Easy call. The only reason that that game was even close was because Carson Wentz had, like, the lucky – like, he threw an interception, and then the DB batted it back to Kelsey, and Kelsey took it for forever. Or was it Kelsey or Ertz? I can't remember the name. Ertz. Ertz. That's what it was. Yeah. Got, got, got the tight ends confused. My bad. Carson Wentz, huge fumbling problem, right? So he, he's yeah. at three for the season, three through two games. He had 14 last season, which puts him at 17 fumbles in 18 games. I mean, that, that's, that's striking. That's, I mean, that's, I think that's something to be very worried about if, if you're an Eagles fan. Uh, obviously, I think he's been a bit of a better pass this year, even though he did go 25 for 46 a day uh, in those two fumbles. But, man, like, you, you can't have a risk of every time you drop back you know you have to be afraid of your quarterback fumbling the ball and two fumble or three fumbles in two weeks two today and he, he's just like just dropping the ball in the pocket i don't i don't understand it you know, 25 46 also isn't good no like, right, right. It's, it's not good. <laughs> like he's improved as a passer he's up to like 54 or something 55 something like that completion percentage that's that's not great um I, th- I think the Eagles are basically – I mean, Sully was watching this game, obviously, Chiefs fan, good friend. Uh, he was basically tweeting through it. It was like, the Eagles are super scary everywhere other than quarterback. Like, yep, pretty much. Like, that's – I thought it was quarterback, wide receiver, and DB. Nelson Aguilar obviously stepped up. Um, you know, Darby was there for a hot second <laughs> before before uh, Eagles died. stuff ended up, yeah, pu- pulling him back. But Carson Wentz, I mean – if they can get over that quarterback issue, this team could be really scary. But until then, yeah. And the, what do you do with them? So Carson Wentz, he was 25 for 46, 333 yards. And 53 of the 333 yards came on, the, like, the fluke play where Terrence Mitchell dropped the pick right back into Zach Ertz's hand. So not a, not a great day at the office for him. But I'm sure Eagles fans will still gas him the hell up anyways. I think – I'm looking at the numbers right now. I think the AFC South – and the NFC East are the only divisions, or yeah, only divisions that don't have an undefeated team right now. All right, that, that, so like, that makes sense. 
how many so like those, remember when i was telling you about those low numbers for dallas where i was like dallas is like my fourth ranked team or something like that but like when you run the numbers and stuff like they're probably around like nine and seven and like vegas reflected that too like do you, do you think that this is a division where we're gonna end up with a dude that like a team not a dude a team that stumbles in with like a nine and seven record yeah, this this could be one where they just all beat each other up during the season, and because uh, the Giants are probably going to get to 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 one and one too. Maybe. I mean, we'll, you get we'll Matt, how... Matt Stafford on the. I mean, it's a must win. Like we saw a couple teams step up in must win situations, like Washington and stuff. Um, the Giants, like they go home. Like you get you get a short week coming off of zero and two, which what was it? Eight uh, percent of teams are able to overcome in the past decade uh, after this game on Monday night. So if, if you don't win that game, like mail it in. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, this, this, this division is really weird because I, I, I think Philly's, I, I, I still think Philly's the most talented team in the division, but they I don't, I don't think they're going to have the quarterback play to, you know, to, to really stand out in the NFC East rankings. Dallas has the offense, but their defense is shaky. The Giants are just drunk all the time. Uh, Eli, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know how to describe that offense besides just drunk. Uh, you, you're, you're McAdoo. Yeah, you say Mac- McAdoo. McAdoo, and then it's like he, he, it's like Mike McCarthy, but not Mike McCarthy. And then it's Washington. Like, oh, Washington's trying to just piece together an offense on the fly, and that's that can always be hit or miss. So, yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how how this all unfolds throughout the season. Uh, Washington, they got their first win today on the road against the Los Angeles Rams, who are actually fraudulent and not a good team. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not the best. I mean, I, I didn't see that much until the end because it seemed like the end was really exciting. It was on Red Zone a bunch. Well, I like to reiterate that uh, we're probably going to go back and watch every – I have to go back at least and watch every single game from defensive line perspective, and we'll get that back to you for the, the gambling podcast. But uh, this seemed just like two, two teams just trying to survive and just make it out the game alive type situation. Um. Aaron Donald looked amazing from the couple tweets that I saw you send out of like oh, videos yeah. of Aaron Donald just getting midfield sacks against Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins looked horrible, I think. Like I remember I looked up the stats and like Kirk Cousins was like throwing throwing let's like a six yard average or five or like six yards per completion, three yard average or something like that at some point. Yeah, he finished with a QBR of twenty eight point eight out of a hundred, so not a great day. Jared Goff didn't fare too much better. He finished the QBR of thirty one point three out of 100, but uh, Todd Gurley, he had a little bit of resurgence today, 16 carries, 88 yards, and then he had uh, uh, he had two touchdowns of the day, one rushing, one receiving, and the receiving one, he uh, he hurdled a defender, which is pretty cool to see, so if, if they can get Todd Gurley cooking uh, more in the run game, because I, I think he's been a solid receiver uh, for, as far as running backs go, that offense can open up a little bit. I, I, th- I think we're still seeing that McVay is much, much better than uh, Jeff Fisher was last year. This offense can compete, uh, they can, you know, score points on defenses they're supposed to score points against, like the Rams or like like the uh, like the Redskins. So, like you're, you're taking the right steps, but still, just overly not overly talented enough to to get it done. I think what would have been really interesting would have been if they won and Seattle lost, and both of those games came down to the wire. By the way, like it was a very real possibility that happening because if that would have happened. I mean, San Francisco would have been 1-1. Arizona would have been 1-1. I don't think we trust either of those teams to win a division. And then the Rams would have had a four-game lead ahead of Seattle already. You know, there would have been two games two games above 500, or a game above 500, and Seattle would be a game below 500. So that, that would have been 
I I don't know if the Seattle team would have been able to make up that that space, but I think Seattle's clearly in the driver's seat right now. But I think if Los Angeles would have won and one play would have gone different in the Seattle game, I think I think they probably could have been, you know, the leaders of the pack in that division. What now? What we what we need to figure out is is this more of the same with Seattle where they just kind of, you know, j- just suck to start the season and they almost lose or do lose to teams they should blow out. And then they figure it out, or is this like a real thing where maybe this team was overrated and that offensive line just brings down everything because they can't they can't block a soul, dude. All right, um, I think I think that I think it's both. Um, Seattle going zero two, obviously that would have been horrible. And I know a lot of people are like, well, they went zero two one other time, like they did it one other time. Like Green Bay went, what was it? Green Bay went like. Nine and seven won the Super Bowl one time. I don't think it's gonna happen ever again. Um, I think they're they are making certain moves though, like them being like Eddie Lacy, healthy scratch. We don't trust you, and we're gonna give Chris Carson the ball because he looks like a he looks like Le'Veon Bell, like what people think of Le'Veon Bell, right? Um, so I I think like things like that will help them down the line. Uh, they finally did get a touchdown. Like they they were almost they were almost the only other team other than the Bengals to not score a touchdown in the first two weeks. Yeah, that offense has just been bogged down uh, by some bad offensive line play. But Chris Carson, he still had a nice day. 20 carries for 93 yards. I don't know where Seattle keeps finding all these running backs, but they do. Carlos Hyde, he woke up. uh, He had 124 rushing yards. He had more rushing yards than Brian Hoyer did passing yards. Brian Hoyer finished the day 15 for 27, 99 yards, and an interception. So he's averaging just, just off the raw stats. 3.7 3.7 yards uh, per attempt, which is not bad. including the interception, not, not including yeah, the negative not, 45 yards for the interception right, so or the not, sacks or the sacks, <laughs> uh, which he had two. Yeah. he lost 10 sack yards and he had a pick. So he, I'm, I'm guessing his uh, NEYA adjusted net yards per attempt. That might be negative or, or pretty damn close to it. Yeah, I, th- I think Boros went negative today. I think. One of one of those quarterbacks did. I think Boros did. Um, free free KCJ CJ Beathard. Yeah, I, I think they got they got to make a switch because over through two games, Brian Hoyer ain't it. And I get the Seahawks have a tough defense, and the Panthers' defense isn't terrible either. But ninety nine yards just ain't gonna cut it. And I, I love my another thing I love is Falcons fans sipping their tea. They're like, oh, you know, oh. It, uh, Kyle Shanahan doesn't look like such an offensive genius now. I'm like, yo, he has Brian Hoyer as his quarterback, and Pierre Garçon is best receiver. Of course, it's not as good as <laughs> Atlanta. What are you What are you talking about? Their, their offensive line is horrible too. Like, yeah. it, it, they they don't have anything that's good. Like the two, the one tight end who people can name was like on the trade block, and I think isn't is Iowa starting? Is George Kittle starting? Yeah, he is. He had two catches. So they're <laughs> they're full on starting like not even mid round, like lower than mid round picks, like in that in that next tier of picks like early early day three guys like that that's not good that's not a good spot to be in but no i mean this was going to be a year two three year rebuild from the jump we all knew that yeah uh where where what else do we, do we need to talk about this jags game i mean it's the same uh, story no. with, it's the same story with them you know they made some offseason improvements those improvements are generally good players but it doesn't matter because still blake Bortles. all right moving on uh Dallas. They play in London next. I'll say this: They play in London next week against the Baltimore Ravens. That's not going to turn out well. Nope, they're going to get their ass handed to them. Uh, let's talk about the Denver Broncos. Now, the Broncos are pretty interesting to me because I was not expecting them 
to jump out the gate two and zero, and they blew out the Cowboys. Today. They did have the, like the lightning delay uh, or whatever, but still, they they shut down Dak Prescott. He had thirty uh, uh, thirty completions on fifty attempts for two hundred thirty eight yards and two picks, uh, two touchdowns. So not a good day from Dak. Uh, Trevor Simeon, on the other hand, he had 231 yards, four picks, or four touchdowns, one pick, with a QBR of 67.1. So you kind of saw opposite days, or or you saw what 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 uh, Dak did. That's what Trevor Simeon usually does, and what Trevor Simeon did. That's what Dak does. But I think we saw today that that Denver Broncos pass defense is still lights out when it needs to be. Yeah, and I think honestly, I think their run defense is better this year than it was last year. Yeah, I uh... like that they they couldn't. The thing about the Denver Broncos was last year, when you got past the line of scrimmage, they were only going to let you have they were only going to let you have three yards, but they couldn't get in the backfield at all. Like now, they're able to get in the backfield a little bit, even though that the you know Von Miller's not putting up crazy sack numbers. He's not going to reach that thirty number that he said he was going to hit. Um, but this team was always a talented team. The thing about the Broncos, right, is the Broncos only played five close games last year, which is very odd. Like, you play a majority of your games as close games, even if you're a good team. Uh, the difference is, like, how often you lose by multiple scores and how often you win by multiple scores. The Denver Broncos were, like, super high variance. Like, they won seven games by multiple scores last year. The only team that won more was the Patriots. So, like, the Steelers, the Falcons, they, they won seven games by multiple scores. The Cowboys won fewer games by multiple scores. Um, you, you know, one fewer. I mean, we're talking arguing semantics. But, like, this Broncos team's always had the high end in games. They just never had the low end. And Trevor Simeon, like, I mean, I, I don't want to put my name out there on, like, ride for Trevor Simeon. But he, like, looks decent. And, like, if you're decent and you have all that other stuff around you and this offensive line looks like – legitimate i mean cj anderson's going off every single game now uh that i mean that that thing can win a division yeah garrett bowl is getting hurt that, that that's a huge blow for yeah and i saw melanie watson getting his ass beaten a couple of vines and stuff like that or not vines videos so uh that that's probably a, a matchup that's going to get fucking abused is their offensive tackle situation but they'll probably be in a better spot than green bay was this week yeah apparently uh bowls wife tweeted out that uh it looks like he has a high ankle sprain right now. So, I mean, that that sucks. That's a Oh, I thought so, someone tweeted, like, Achilles or something. I thought someone tweeted, like, Achilles out for the year. Uh, no. Okay. His, his wife All tweeted, right. looks like high ankle sprain. Plus, We don't know her motives. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sure one of those motives is to keep those checks coming in. <laughs> Charles, 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 Charles is speaking about the morality of other people's wives. I find it a little suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh <laughs> uh what's a what's another game that we can go to uh chicago and uh tampa bay, tampa we bay. Talking, yeah they uh i said that game was gonna go under that was my bet that that's how that game played out yeah i, I actually did watch uh a decent amount of this game just because i wanted to watch Tariq Cohen and see see what he could do uh against the bucks defense. is he getting a lot of snaps is he like actually getting a lot of snaps, or is it just because like Jordan Howard's banged up or something? Yeah, he's actually getting a lot of snaps. Uh, he had seven carries and eight receptions today, uh, so he got more touches than Jordan Howard. Oh, yeah. Jordan, so he's sprawls. Yeah, they're making him sprawls. Uh, he only averaged one point nine yards per carry. Jordan Howard averaged point eight yards per carry. Uh, so it looks like Cohen might be getting a lot of favor there but well, well, I think what happened in this game was 
the Bucks, they were fresh because they they didn't have a game last week. And the the Bears, like real early in that game, you could just tell they were gassed, like that heat uh, down there. And then Mike Glennon constantly putting them back on the field. They just they just they they ran out of gas early, and then the, the Bucks just kind of put their foot on the gas. Uh, I think. Did you see? I, I saw this on Red Zone. It was a fourth down. I think they were down twenty nine. The Bears, and uh, fourth down and nine. They're like 15 yards away from the end zone. Mike Glennon throws a five-yard crosser with a linebacker in his tight end's hip. And it was five yards short of the sticks on yep. fourth down. Yep, I, and saw, it was, I saw that play. I saw it, and I was like, yep, can't can't trust this team until they move to Trubisky. Um, Which will never – How do you, it needs to happen, but John Fox, hashtag John Fox things. Oh, John Fox is playing for, for, for job security. He's got, ace, he's got an ace in his pocket, man. Yeah. He, why, why blow your load that fast? So you get fourteen games of a uh, fourteen games of Mitch Trubisky? No way. You can get fired by like game seven. Yeah, and it sucks no. because I, I I mean it looked like after last week we were right about the Bears where they were going to be frisky, but today they they didn't have the part. But I, I think part of that just has to do you know, going from Chicago to Tampa. Uh, it was real humid down there today, and uh, they yeah they just kind of got their ass kicked. Mike Glennon was was just abysmal today, but so, actually, let, let, can we stay on this topic of Florida sports real quick and talk about the Jags fans that were jumping in mayonnaise today? <laughs> I woke up. I woke up to uh, to that. So someone, I can't fucking remember. It was one of our chats. They were like, "I just saw the Jaguars video," and I was like, "Jaguars oh, yeah. video." Because yeah. I wake up like I'm on the West Coast, so I wake up like 15 minutes before game starts. Like I didn't know Sam Bradford wasn't playing until games had already kicked off. Um, so someone was like, yeah, I just saw the Jags video. That's disgusting. And I was like, what Jags video? I like see like dead spin. It's like dudes jumping in mayonnaise and it's the Batman guy who like, I recognize from like other Jags fans videos. And it was like Medlin tweeted it out. Uh, he has a handle that I can't say. And, uh, I think Why? chaps is in the background. At God, uh, it, it's at God underscore hates underscore Jags. It's like, that's a Jackson is an offensive term, bro. That's rude. Oh, okay. Uh, um, Okay, but no, but I want, but but like, do you do people understand the what the weather was like today in Florida in Jacksonville at least? I looked it up, and at the time of the mayonnaise jump, it was eighty nine degrees with fifty one percent humidity, and it's just a tub, like or or not a tub, like one of those blow up pools, and it's just like half half filled with mayo and. Uh, Alfie at Alfie uh, BCC today he said it it was just like one of the worst smells he had ever <laughs> or like like everyone who was there was just saying like yeah it was one of the worst things that I ever smelled in my life and I can imagine mayonnaise beaten in the hot sun with all that humidity and all that sweat and alcohol around it better didn't smell good oh my god dude Blake Bortles literally is the king of garbage time because I'm looking at his average yards per pass and all that stuff he averaged like six and a half yards per pass. At the end, like when it absolutely did not matter after the Tennessee Titans had already ripped him a new one. Because I was going to make a joke about how would you feel jumping into a tub of mayonnaise sitting in the stands knowing that you have an average, you know, an NEA uh, higher than higher than Blake Bortles is. But god damn, man, he's amazing. I think uh, I was tweeting out these stats earlier where, or earlier this week where it was like quarterback efficiency basically between the 16s because I read this thing where it was like 16 yards is where the real red zone should start. 
Uh, that's boring stuff. But basically, Blake Bortles is horrible between the 16s, and in the red zone, he's like a top five quarterback. But then when you filter, uh, when you filter his stats by by like, okay, is this team losing by more than a touchdown? He's crap again. So like, he's literally putting up all sorts of like red zone stats uh, when his team is just getting their face kicked in. Yeah, he sucks. Uh, Leonard Fournette had a tough go today. Wait, no, no, we won't, no we're not going to talk about this game. Uh, so free Derrick Henry. Yeah, free Derrick Henry. So what's left? I, I think we actually hit on all the games that were played today. Uh, we hit. Uh, we we're missing two, and one of them. Okay, so we're uh, Pittsburgh, Minnesota. I didn't watch any of that. Uh, yeah, I, I heard Case Keenum was playing, and I was out. I was just make, I was making sure, keeping an eye on it to make sure. Pittsburgh was going to win in that pick'em, and they did. Uh, and then uh, the Jets in Oakland, man. I like. Have we talked about that? I, I I blocked everything from this game no, out of my mind at several we points. We didn't really talk about it. All right, let's go do ahead, it. So go let's, ahead. Okay, we got to do this. All right, so we told you guys to tease every single thing with with the New York Jets covering twenty points against the Oakland Raiders. Uh, the Oakland Raiders in the past seven seasons had not covered 20 points. They did it today. They did it today in a fashion that was horrendous and offensive. And the New York Jets let the United States of America down, first and foremost. Um, the Jets kept it within seven points around halftime and still ended up losing this game. The way that they ended up losing it, like the final like deciding score, uh, was a Josh McCown sack fumble from like the five-yard line. After Oakland had just scored, so like they had like a two touch, they had like a two score buffer, like two plays before that, and they just completely blew it. Part of it was like Rashard, I think that's how you say his name. Uh, the running back from Oakland just like ran all over him on one single play, like it was like a sixty yard, sixty yard jolt, um, just real, real offensive play. Like at the end to actively make it look like they were giving up, giving up these points. Uh, Muhammad Wilkerson has more quit in him than any defensive lineman that I've ever seen in my life. Like it's like borderline, like Albert Hainsworth Washington type stuff. Um, so we hit so on our, our, our teasers, right? So not including like, okay, I guess we'll include Casey in new England. Cause if we didn't have, hadn't grabbed the numbers at what they were on Sunday, we probably would have teased them. Okay. So I, I think in the, what was it? We missed two out of 13 of, of the half of our teasers. So if you would have just mixed and matched them. Okay. You would have hit 55% is what professional gamblers hit on, right? So that would have been uh, 36 and thirty-six and 30 if you would have mixed and matched all these games. So you would have been plus six if you were a gambler and you mixed and matched every single game and you were hitting at a 55% clip, okay? We would have been plus 24 if you would have just mixed and matched any of these games that we gave you. Other than like including including the Jets and including the uh, Jaguars, those were the only two that we missed. If you would have mixed and matched every single one of them, you would have been plus twenty four. But because we play, we specifically only picked games that involved the Jets, we lost everything. So that plus twenty four would have been good for four weeks of what a professional gambler would have hit. So that's an entire month. You know what I mean? That's a fourth of the season. Now we could have hit in one week if we had done anything other. Then pick the New York Jets. If the Jets would have hit it, right? If they if they didn't have that Josh McCown sack fumble, and we would have like randomized, we met, mix and matched every single guy, we would have been plus twenty. We would have been plus forty four, which is seven times the average of a gambler over that course of fifty five percent. So we would have had a half a season's of earnings if we would have mixed and matched everything, and Josh McCown would have covered. Like we had our process was amazing this week. 
And our results were absolutely fucking horrible, all because we leaned on the Jets. And I feel sick and disgusting about it. I'm sorry the Jets let us down like that. Um, you won this week. I won the week before. Yeah, I didn't have as many games in the Jets as you. No, I, I still... that's how, that's how you won. That's how you won is by process of elimination. Yeah, because I, 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 I had uh, we had, we both had KC in New England uh, for for their point spreads. I had uh, Pittsburgh on their point spread, and then Tennessee on theirs. So, yep. Really yeah, so we'll we'll do we'll do better next week. Uh, God damn the Jets, probably man! That was the most. Should have those bets a little bit. Pro- probably should have done a little bit of something, but like you could like you could have gone on Bovada. I was tweeting the live odds and stuff from Bovada at times because that that line was going everywhere. I mean, you could have gotten it at I think eight and a half, and it opened at fourteen. So there were points at Vegas where the like Vegas was thinking, hell no, there's absolutely no way, like or not absolutely no way. There's not a good chance of the Jets covering a fourteen point spread, and they ended up doing it by. 23 22 i don't have the numbers in front of me it was 23 or 22 and it was their biggest win in seven years and that's what we decided to call our shot on yeah i feel gross we we gross. all season saying that the jets are going to be one of the worst teams in the league and then uh do that in week two so <laughs> yeah all right so what are, what are your big okay let's go let's just do this quickly while i look up opening odds for for uh this week to see if we want to grab anything right now anything that looks good to me so let's let's talk about who we think is going to win each division so far so west that i think that's the trickiest one afc west oh uh, i'm gonna go chiefs yeah i i think it's chiefs and broncos which is like i'm gonna sound like a raiders hater because i had him picked i had him picked third i had him ahead of denver and i had the chargers ahead of him I think you could flip Denver and the Chargers, but I still think Oakland's the third best team in that division. And I don't like I understand that makes me sound like a hater, but I'm still not I don't know, man. Yeah, that's where I'm at. All right, uh the West, I think it's Seattle, right? Yeah. Okay. Seattle, uh AFC South. Uh Tennessee. I think so too. Yeah. Because I, I think we can kind of, like, whatever number Houston I, I, has I, to hit to get eliminated, we, we're, it's going to come soon. Yeah, and I, I think just by process, like the eye test process from elimination, yeah, Titans, they're the best team in that division. Shouts to Houston. Houston had higher Super Bowl odds than the Pittsburgh Steelers at one point, which is why I told us to take Pittsburgh uh, as Super Bowl favorites, and then we'll figure out how to hedge it later on. But, like, goddamn, the hype for Houston was just out of out of fucking control this offseason. Uh, NFC South, it's Carolina, Atlanta. Tampa Bay that are like not 0 and 2 right now. I uh, think those teams they're like in a cluster to be like I, I don't really see them separating themselves at this point. No, but I, I, I still like Atlanta. I don't Carolina, like they they're two and zero, but that offense has been kind of disappointing to me. Yeah. All right, uh AFC East, it's New England. New England. <laughs> uh NFC East, I think we we Philadelphia if they can get the quarterback situation better, Dallas if not. Yeah. Uh, the AFC, AFC North, I think it's Pittsburgh, but I think Baltimore's kind of secured uh, a wild card spot, if nothing else. The AFC West is playing for that other wild card spot. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the Steelers just because I think over time that offense is going to figure it out. And uh, Ravens, they, they just don't have the talent on offense to get it done. And NFC North is kind of interesting because the Vikings, I don't know how good the Vikings it are. It depends how, no, it, it, to me, honestly, it depends how fast Sam Bradford comes back. Because Mike, Mike, did you hear Mike Zimmer's press conference or like clips of it? 
because he was saying like he might come next week he'll be fine he might oh, come yeah. in seven weeks and we'll be fine it's like, if you come in seven weeks and we get seven weeks of case keenum this this will not be yeah. fine your season's over by then <laughs> yeah this is not you don't you don't you don't remember when you started sean hill against the titans last year yeah that's what that's what happens you lose a lot of games so yeah it, that, <laughs> the balance of the nfc north all hangs in the the knee of sam bradford that was crazy they said they uh he had so much scar tissue built up they couldn't even see if he had torn his acl in the mri so that's why they held him out but they they think he should be okay but like Zimmer said, he could be back next week, or he could be back almost two months from now. <laughs> Knees looking like Kim Fahey. Knees yeah. looking like Kim Fahey, young Sam Bradford. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. I can tell you something that we're going to – oh, fuck. This is disgusting. So, Packers against Cincinnati. Cincinnati's coming off of a long break. They're going into Green Bay. What do you think this line is at? Mm, I'm going to guess Packers minus six. Nine and a half. Nine and a half? I, I, what side I, are you taking? I, I don't know. I don't trust the Bengals. They fucking suck. I, we're not. We're not gonna. We we need more time to analyze these week three lines because they're making some tough decisions between the are the Packers gonna win by ten or do the Bengals suck? And it's like, well, I don't trust either of these things. So yeah, that, that's going long anyway. So uh, we'll cut it off here. I'll be. The end of episode 47 as uh, our week two recap. We'll be back on Wednesday with our gambling picks. Hopefully we don't put so much money on the Jets this week. Uh, we will see you guys then.